The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio, Radio. 630 Chad. Strom will line up for the draw and win it cleanly. And sure enough, here's Glass and Lucic. And Glass starts with the right hand. They drop the gloves right off the draw. Lucic comes back with a straight right hand and has Glass in some trouble here. Glass answers with a right, takes a right uppercut, lands a right hand, and then Lucic, two huge right-handed shots. Glass, to his credit, comes right back. And Lucic and Glass... Tumble down. That's a good fight for Tanner Glass, even though Lucic decisioned him handily. He stood in there, took some of Milan Lucic. Well, a little battle in the Battle of Alberta tonight. Lucic against Tanner Glass in the third period. That was shortly after Lucic and Mike Smith were exchanging blows following some slashes in front of the net. A little bit of nastiness in the third period. Long overdue. You know what else is long overdue? The Oilers getting a game-changing power play goal. 0 for 5 with the man advantage tonight. And despite a lot of pressure over the final two periods, the Oilers lose again. Four straight losses. Three straight in regulation. Calgary taking it 3-2. Thanks a lot for joining me. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins with you. You can reach me at 780-496-0063. And the Oilers tonight... Uh, Poor first period, not a lot of energy, not a lot of detail. They did get a goal handed to them, just 241 in. Smith, who's an excellent puck handler and was the first star tonight, rightfully so, shot it behind his net to Cassian. Cassian on the intercept gets it to Slepeshev, open net for his sixth of the season. After that, Calgary dominated the first period. Hamilton scored, Hathaway scored shorthanded, Backlund was able to swipe in a rebound, and Cam Talbot was pulled after allowing three goals on seven shots. And I, I thought with Talbot, you got the goal by uh, Hamilton. Okay, decent shot, whatever. Hathaway shot inside the post, but I think you need at least one of those two stopped from your starting goalie in the first period to keep you in it. Both go in, uh, though all around a poor first period for the Oilers. And then they dominated... Most of the second and third periods, a lot of zone time. Outshot Calgary 27-13 over the final 40 minutes of the game, but could not pull even. And Mike Smith, again, outstanding. He uh, had a 28-save shutout against the Oilers back on March 13th. That was the last time the Flames won before tonight. They'd lost seven straight, so Smith added again. Several good saves and just solid in net. The Oilers won five consecutive offensive zone faceoffs. With El Montoya pulled, they kept getting the puck to the net, couldn't break break smooth uh, break through, and uh, Smith helps Calgary to the victory. The Oilers power play, I mentioned, 0 for five, uh, 8:03 of power play time. A couple were cut short because of other penalties. But again, the power play continues to not be able to produce last in the league coming into tonight. So the percentage will drop a little bit further from the 14.6% it was at. And, uh, I mean, it's the same old story with the power play. Pass it around the outside. Not a lot of player movement. uh, Not a lot of quick decisions. And 
eight minutes of power play time, only four shots on goal. Their best power play chance did come in the third period, late in a power play with about ten and a half minutes left. Ty Ratty got off a one-timer uh, with one second left in a power play, but again, Mike Smith equal to the task, turning it away, and Calgary wins it 3-2. All right, 780-496-0063 is the phone number. Uh, interesting game for Lucic, like I mentioned, his first fight since November 18th. I wonder what you think of that nastiness as uh, as he finally got involved. Tanner Glass came out and knew what his job was, and Lucic clearly winning that fight. Cut open Glass with a, I think it was the fourth punch of the of the fight, and uh, it was good to see Lucic mix it up a little bit. Still wasn't able to score. You know where he's at now. One goal in his last 43 games. All right, we'll drop the puck with Jordan tonight. Jordan, go ahead. Few quick hits. Uh, I thought Luch, like before the fight, he had that hit. Uh, I'd like to see that more consistently from him. And uh, just two things after that about uh, Talbot here. Like power plays working, then maybe it's not an issue. But uh, for Talbot, does it hurt his chances to have a rebound to his career average if we bring in like a one B backup, acquire someone who can play 20, 30 games next year? Does that make Talbot better or worse? And then follow-up question. How come they're not playing Slepeshev more often in the top nine? Because everything I saw from him late in the game, he was in front of the net. He was uh, making smart plays, playmaking, playing physically. Uh, I'm really worried they're not going to extend it. Uh, yeah, well, I'll leave you on the line here, Jordan. I, I th- Montoya has a year left. And I wonder if they're going to think he's good enough to play maybe those 25 games that you mentioned. I, I don't know if they're going to look for another backup goalie. Jordan with Slepeshev, I, I just I understand what you're saying, and you saw it tonight. When was the last time you saw it? I mean, you can't see it every ten games. Like I don't know if he's going to be on the team next year. I don't know if he's going to be in the NHL. It's just consistency for me. Yeah, but it's time on ice too, right? And uh, you know, it seems like everyone that gets an audition in the top six doesn't have any leash to really settle in and uh, build chemistry. But uh, anyways, yeah, hopefully it's Alex rebound and. Uh, Hopefully some of this fire carries over to the last game of the season uh, and uh, find some emotion all the way through. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. And you do make a good point that Slepeshev is one guy who hasn't got a lot of time, uh, certainly with McDavid. He's been a little bit with Dreisaitl. But Slepeshev had a good game, got a goal tonight, had some other good chances, wound up with five shots on goal, made that cute uh, drop pass to Zach, uh, to Zach Cassian in the third period. Another good save by Smith as uh, the Oilers are unable to solve the Flames' goaltender. Smith, the first star tonight. Backland, the second star. Cassian, the third star. Thanks to Jordan, we'll make Anton Slepeshev the fourth star for Missioner Ellen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Fair, fair point about Cassian's ice time. I, I just don't know if I see it enough from him. That's where I would be. I, I think Kajula and Kajula, um, you know, Aberg and Kara were a line for the night. Is that the Oilers' fourth line next year? If if Lucic bounces back and they can maybe bring in a winger or two with some speed who can play higher up? Because I think Kajula, again, consistency is an issue. I, I think he can play on the team. I don't think he's a top six player. And Aberg, uh, yeah, okay. We see a little bit. He can skate. He likes to shoot. Doesn't always have a huge impact on the game, but I wonder if he can be a depth guy as well. But previously, those two players had been with Dreisaitl 
on a line in in, in the few pre- previous games, and I think you saw Drysaddle's frustration because the play would often die with one of those two guys when they're looking for them in a more offensive role. Three two, Calgary takes it tonight. We have Logan on the line. Logan, thanks for calling. Hey, Reed. Hello. Um, I, I was a it was a bad first period by the Oilers again. They gave up too many goals. Way better second period. They had lots of pushback in the third. Finally, physical play. Do you agree with that, Reed? Yeah, I think so, Logan. I, I think the and the first period for me was really disappointing tonight, and for a few for in a few different ways. You get a bit of a gift goal. Smith, who's a great puck handler, gives it to Cassie and sets up Slepeshev. You get the tap in. Great. The Flames challenged that for offside. The Flames challenged that for offside. It was ruled onside. If you lose an offside challenge, you get a delay of game penalty. There is an opportunity for the Oilers to have a 2-0 lead before the game is five minutes old. The power play fails. Okay, Calgary gets a goal back. It's 1-1. You get another power play, and not only do you not score, you give up a shorthanded goal. And, you know, this. I thought... You know the depth guys were were better for the were probably better than the top two lines in the first period. You, you didn't see uh, McDavid, Strom, Drysital, Braddy, those two guys generating a lot. And uh, you know Talbot doesn't make the big save. You're getting beat to pucks. You're not clearing pucks, and you're down three one after the first period. And you're playing comeback the entire night. And we, we've seen this story several times for the Oilers. They they fall behind in a game. And when they lose a period, and every team's going to lose a period and be outplayed at times, when they have lost periods this year, it's often been by two goals or sometimes more. They get out of that first period down 2-1. You can criticize the play all you want. They're down 2-1, and they found the second goal tonight. But they couldn't found, find the second one to come back for three. So I, I don't want to say that this is entirely a, a, a goaltending uh, loss for the Oilers, but Talbot didn't get make the save he needed. I don't want to say it's entirely a first-period loss for the Oilers, but that went a long way because it dictated how they had to play the rest of the game and they couldn't catch up. All right, we're looking for somebody to finish the play at 780-496-0063, or if you want to call in and talk about the game, uh, we'll have post-game reaction from the Edmonton Oilers. Reed Wilkins, 630 Chad, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Here's Backlund, a shot, save Montoya, rebound, another save, Al Montoya denying Nick Shore, and here's Yesapuliervi bringing it up ice for the... Al Montoya had to step in for Camp Talbot tonight, and Montoya did his job making 13 saves on 13 shots, giving the Oilers a chance tonight after they were down 3-1. That was Montoya's save of the game for Arcan Trailer and RV Center, Alberta's favorite RV dealership, now carrying motorhomes. The goalie at the other end, excellent again. Mike Smith for the Calgary Flames, 34 saves on 36 shots. Edmonton finishing the night with a 36-20 advantage in shots on goal, but they lose 3-2 to the Calgary Flames. So the season series Battle of Alberta ends three wins to two in favor of the Oilers. They won the first three. Flames won the last two in terms of points. 6-5 Edmonton. Remember that one game uh, at Rogers Place went to a shootout. 780-496-0063. We have Ron on the line. Hey, Ron. Yes, Reed. I've just got one question here. The power play, you say, is around 14%, less than 14%. They have a, an assistant coach, do they not, that looks after the power play? 
Well, the, yeah, the way the way McClellan describes it is that every coach is involved. Every coach contributes. Jay Woodcroft has been uh, more so for the power play. He's more the assistant with, with more of the responsibility there. But they all contribute and deal with it, yes. Because it, it seems like the power play doesn't change like was mentioned by Bob tonight. They stand around, you know, the outside there. But surely DeGosh, you know, they're taking their instructions from the coaches, one coach, two coaches. But seeing it's such a poor power play, I really feel they, they should have a real good look at changing the coaches, the assistant coaches, whatever, to get a decent power play next year. Well, I, I think here's the thing, Ron. I, I don't think the team is going to be blown up. But I do think there will be changes, and maybe it'll be parts of the coaching staff. And the power play is pretty frustrating to watch because I don't know about you, Ron, when I'm watching the games and the Oilers get a power play, I feel like it's going to be a waste of two minutes. That not only will yeah. they not score, they'll probably lose momentum. I mean, they never tire the other team out. You know, they never really tax the other team's goalie and making him move around a little bit. Now, yeah, Smith made some good saves tonight. There's always going to be good saves, but you you gotta you gotta figure that out. And and it's it's frustrating to me how often they stop the puck, look at the puck, make sure it's on their stick, and then lift their head up and then decide what to do. And the one guy who's come in and at least not done that and shown a willingness to just fire the puck is Ethan Bear. But it shouldn't be exactly. a guy. It should, right. it should not be on a guy with 15 games of NHL experience to fix to give the power play some life. So it is, you're right. It's very frustrating. I can't tell you who or when is going to be fired, but they they got to address the power play somehow. Uh, thank you for your time, Reed. Have a good night. All right, appreciate it, Ron. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Once again, a better power play or adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts. See a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Yeah, it was 14.6% coming into tonight, so it'll drop. I don't know if it'll go below uh, 14. It'll probably drop to something like 14.3. Uh, Calgary, and, 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 though Fred, the, and the Flames got a shorthanded goal tonight. So not only did the Oilers go 0 for 5, they wound up minus 1 with the man advantage. The Oilers' penalty killing does continue to be good. I guess on the uh, flip side, uh, they kill off all three Calgary advantages tonight, and uh, they're just under 87% on the road for the season, about 76% overall. They were uh, in the 60s for a lot of the year, so that, that's uh, been repaired to some extent, but the power play, surprisingly enough, likely to finish as the worst in the entire National Hockey League. All right, we have Nicole online too. Nicole, thanks for calling. I'm doing quite well. Good. Um, so I was at the game, and I would like to say, I don't know how I came through on TV, but I thought Ty Ratty played a really good game. Um, at least he showed some desire and willingness to get involved. Uh, I was a little concerned with McDavid's game, though. Did you, uh, did you notice he seemed to be really off tonight? I was wondering if something was wrong. I don't know if there's anything wrong with him. Uh, Nugent Hopkins sat out because of a minor tweak. Um, I mean, I'm sure at this season nobody's 100%. McDavid didn't get a shot on goal for only the third time this season, so he, he didn't have a usual McDavid-esque type game. I, I, I like your comment about Ty Ratty, and what I like about him, Nicole, is that 
he's he seems to always make the right play with the puck and he's not forcing plays even though he's usually out there with well he's been out there with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins today he was out there with McDavid and, and Dreisaitl and today there was a play in the second period and I remember this specifically he brought the puck over center and McDavid was kind of already at the blue line but he almost stopped skating and he could have passed it to McDavid but McDavid would have had two flames on him right away and not been moving and Raddy just shot the puck in and went after it. And we've seen that with, with some Oilers. When they get on that top line, they try to force the puck to McDavid. And Raddy seems to recognize, i got to make the, make the right hockey decision regardless of who, I, who I'm out on the ice with. Seems to be in the right yeah. spot, seems to be checking. We've talked about him playing for his career, playing for his contract. So, you know, I'll give him another passing grade tonight. Yeah, and that's what I, I noticed him uh, in the preseason, and I liked his efforts then, but I re- what I liked tonight was it felt like a lot of the Oilers were not given full effort. I, I didn't think Cassian did in the first period, but second and third, he really stepped it up. But Raddy, every shift was plugging away. And there was times tonight where McDavid came down, and there was one, one opportunity he had. He completely had the defenseman for Calgary flat-footed. I think it was Anderson. And instead of going around him, stopped short and jumped the puck in the corner and went off, which was so not like McDavid. So I mean he gets a pass. Yeah, he, well, he could. Yeah, that could that could have just been fatigue too. But yeah. yeah, I mean, unusual for him not to get a shot. Uh, made a couple nice passes, I thought, uh, in the last minute when they were desperate. But uh, yeah, wasn't yeah. able to come through tonight. You ready to finish yeah. the play, Nicole? I will give it a shot. Okay, what do we have tonight, Patrick? Belted by Larson. That created a turnover and maybe a two-on-one. Connor McDavid shorthanded in over the line. Centers and backhanded wide by Dreisaitl. What a chance. McDavid and Dreisaitl, and here they come again. Another two-on-one. Dreisaitl centers McDavid in a lunging play made by Jankowski. And then he hit his face on the post. All right. Well, that's actually in the second period. The Oilers had uh, some pretty good shorthanded chances. Uh, They have been good shorthanded this year. Let me ask you this. Who leads the Oilers in shorthanded goals, Nicole, with three? Is it Leon Dreisaitl or is it Chris Russell? I think it's Chris Russell. Would you like to guess again? Or, you know what? Did I say Leon Dreisaitl? That's exactly what you said, Nicole. That's exactly what you said. Hang on the line, okay? Great, Reed. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, three shorthanded goals on the season. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins with two, and then a few guys with one for Edmonton. Oilers uh, can't get it done tonight, losing 3-2 to the Flames. Let's go back to the Saddle Dome. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. And maybe you'd like to push in the final 40? Oh, we weren't happy with the start. We were happy with the start, getting the first goal, but we weren't happy with the next three. And, and uh, you know, a couple of them were were questionable. I thought we could have defended better or got a save, so it put us behind the eight ball. We decided to play harder and compete a little bit more after the the first, and can't complain about the effort, the opportunities that we created, and numerous two on ones and three on twos where it's on the you know on our offensive players' sticks and they're not going in. And um, you know, and then the other thing that comes into play once again for our team is the power play. We had. Uh, you know, five opportunities. I think seven, seven and a half minutes, something like that, where we uh, we had chances to uh, to at least get one to pull us back in, and we never did. Talk about the Lucic, Lucic expensive on the fight. Like your team fired up. Well, I thought we were fired up in the from the second on. We were fired up, and you're playing your rival, and 
Um, I think there was a trade of sloshes in, in and around the paint, and um, I guess Mike Smith didn't like it, and Luch didn't like what Mike Smith did, and it went from there. So. Slepeshev's game tonight, I know he got the goal. It was pretty easy after the turnover, but like overall, he seemed to play pretty well. That whole line, uh, I thought uh, Camilleri, Cassian, and, and Schlepp were uh, some of our better players tonight. They they were in on the goals. They were in on the forecheck. They made a lot happen, so they were uh, they were quite effective. Um, you know, obviously, he had Schlepp on the ice in the last minute. That was rewarding for him for, as well as he played. Yeah, he, he deserved to be out there, and you know, we actually had... Uh, that, that lineup uh, to go out, but uh, as it turned out, we kept getting whistles, and and the group that was out there had a lot of chances. They didn't need to come off; they were fresh. And, uh, but that line uh, of Cami and Cass and a couple other guys were ready to go. Cole Talbot, after three goals, what did? How would you sum up his evening? Well, it wasn't his best night. Uh, you know, that's pretty simply put. And um, you know, if we could get one of them back, we'd take it. But uh, he's been tremendous the last uh, six weeks. He, he's been. You know, a rock for our team. Um, as others have had some off nights, he's been solid. So tonight he wasn't as, as sharp as I'm sure he'd like to be, but uh, we count on him and we know he'll bounce back. Milad, you said he a lot of frustration that that might have entered into things in the third period, not scoring goals. But he just can't score a goal, so he figured he better do something. Two hits before that, and then kind of the way, I mean, I mean, he can't score, I guess maybe. Well, he can score. He can score. He's just not scoring. You're so there's. When you haven't been scoring. Maybe when you, you got to be. Scoring. Well, you've got to be bringing other elements to the game, and he did that tonight. He was strong on the forecheck. He was physical. Um, you know, they're uh, over and above their their top pair. They had some young defensemen in the league, so you could get uh, get in and get after them. And you know, we created 36, 37 shots on goal, and I think we attempted over 70. So that's not a bad night for our team. And he had a big part of that in that in the forecheck and going to the net. No, we had some good looks, and I know again, uh, I'm guessing that Mike Smith was the first star. I don't know who they were, but uh, uh, last time we were in here, he did the same thing. Nuge just wasn't ready to go. No, Nuge wasn't healthy enough to play. Yeah, no Nugent Hopkins tonight for the Edmonton Oilers, who lose 3 2 to the Calgary Flames. Mike Smith was indeed the first star, making 30 four stops including 15 in the third period as the Oilers couldn't tie up the game you can get me at 780-496-0063 on the Advantage Trailer Rentals out of town scoreboard how about the Arizona Coyotes crushing the St. Louis Blues 6-0 tonight the Vegas Golden Knights get their 50th win of the season they clinch first in the Pacific Division with a 3-2 win over the San Jose Sharks William Carlson a highlight reel goal shorthanded in the third to win it His 42nd of the season. The Bruins knock off the Panthers 5-1. The Devils beat the Islanders 4-3. So New Jersey looking very good to clinch a playoff spot. Now five points up on the Panthers. The Red Wings shut out the Senators 2-0. In overtime, the Canucks edge the Blue Jackets 5-4. Winnipeg gets a 3-1 win in Toronto. The Penguins over the Canadians 5-2. Rangers beat the Hurricanes 2-1. Sabres upset the Predators 7-4. Hat-trick tonight for Sam Reinhardt and the Dallas Stars on home ice beat the Minnesota Wild 4-1. Oilers lose 3-2 to the Flames. You'll hear from Milan Lucic, who had a very active third period. Also, Mike Camilleri, who ended a long goalless drought tonight. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. 
This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30, That was robbery. Good shot by Camilleri. And beautiful tip by Camilleri and a shot from Sekra. And he's got his first goal since December the 21st. And Edmonton's right back in the game, 3-2. That's how it would end, however. 3-2 Calgary beating the Oilers tonight. That was the last goal of the game, 12-41 into the second period. Camilleri denied on a great scoring chance. Mike Smith made a blocker save. Eight seconds later, Camilleri deflected the point shot from Andre Secker. Yeah, his last goal, December 21st. So that's his first goal in 33 games played for Camilleri. Let's go back to Calgary. Here he is. Mike's had one fight in his career, but I don't imagine he was doing you know, fighting the land. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, you know, and and you know, he's fiery himself. He's fiery himself, but again, I, you know, now you got to think twice if you're if you're playing against this team, and somebody lands on the ice, you know, you, 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 you know, so. And like I said, it's it's not just that you can isolate one guy with Milan because you got Jujar and Cass and Lucy, and I'm I'm probably forgetting a few guys that you wouldn't want to get in, find in an alley someday. But um, as a teammate, you value these people. Michael, the game overall, you don't get the two points. But are you pleased with uh, the push that you guys had in the last couple of periods? Probably a tale of two teams, right? First period. Not good, nothing to be proud of. And uh, second two, probably more how we want to play. That kind of sum up the way the season has gone, just kind of inconsistency? Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'm not going to put that, jump to that conclusion. I think, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's tough to paint it with, with one brush when you look at the whole season. But tonight, that was the case. Your line really affected lots of Yeah, we, we, I thought we played well. You know, we tried to... to I thought we made good good puck decisions for the most part, and our execution was pretty sharp. So, understanding when to play, where to play, and support each other, and uh, yeah, yeah, that went well. Played center obviously before, but not not in a while. Yeah, it's been a while, so uh, it, it felt pretty comfortable. You know, I, I, I guess there's been periods of time through the seasons that I end up at center generally when there's our lineups are depleted and things of that nature. So. Yeah, Mike Camilleri back in tonight, gets the goal, uh, playing center. Slepeshev and Cassie and his wingers, they had some good chances. But uh, the Oilers fall one goal short tonight to the Calgary Flames. Camilleri, be interesting to see what happens uh, with him next year. Unrestricted free agent, thought he was going to be playing in Los Angeles this year. That early season trade brought him over. UC Jokinen went the other way. Jokinen now in Vancouver, his fourth team this season. Camilleri gets his sixth of the year. He's still shown that... He, he knows what to do offensively. I liked a couple of one-timers. He just drilled at the net in the third period. Obviously, he had that flurry in the second period that led to the goal. He finished with six shots on goal that led the Oilers tonight, played 13 and a half minutes. So uh, a good game for Camilleri getting back in the lineup. I, I doubt, though, he's somebody the Oilers are going to commit to for next season. I, 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 don't, I don't know if uh, teams are necessarily going to be lining up to, to bring him in later in his career when he's a free agent in the summer. But he had a good game tonight. But again, the Oilers, tons of shots, tons of chances, especially into the third period. Mike Smith able to shut the door. Hey, I forgot to mention, Nicole won finished the play earlier, so she gets an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, courtesy of Jet Set Parking. One-night stays or long-term parking. Find your perfect match from five fifty a day at jetsetparking.com with the promo code CHED. Reed Wilkins, 630 CHED, phone number 780 
0063. Just three games left in the season now for the Edmonton Oilers at Minnesota on Monday. Vancouver at Rogers Place, or pardon me, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights at Rogers Place on Thursday, and then the last game of the season Saturday against the Vancouver Canucks. And look, I think we're seeing it here from the Oilers. Very, uh, very inconsistent efforts. Uh, a lot of nights recently where you got some parts of the roster engaged other times where uh, other players don't look as interested or don't stay with it if things don't go their way early. Uh, they did recover from a poor first period tonight, but after that first period, I wondered if they were ever going to get into it. Not a very careful game at all. Uh, not a lot of puck possession, getting beat to pucks in their own end, not checking well, and uh, Calgary was easily the better team in the first period, and they put the Oilers in a 3-1 hole. So they'll I mean, now they're taking on a minute, and it's going to be interesting for the Wild because Ryan Suter, uh, broken leg tonight for the Minnesota Wild, so they're going to be in tough here as they try to get ready for the postseason. The Oilers tonight, two goals. That means a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. You can track the total on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Updating what happened in the Western Hockey League playoffs tonight as they are late in the second round in the dub. You had Prince Albert beating Moose Jaw 5-1. So Prince Albert wins that series 4-1. Lethbridge, a 6-4 home ice win over Red Deer. They win that series in five. Vancouver over Victoria 5-3. So the Giants are going home with a 3-2 series lead. Everett shutting out Seattle 4-0 tonight. They win that series 4-1. Spokane stays alive. Kyler Yamamoto in overtime. Oilers draft pick Spokane 5. Portland 4. So Portland's still up 3-2 in the series, but Game 6 will be in Spokane. And Regina pounding Swift Current tonight 7-2. So uh, Regina wins on home ice to uh, force a 7th and deciding game in that series. And uh, Oilers prospect Stuart Skinner, goaltender for the Swift Current Broncos. He and the Broncos had a tough game. Uh, I... As for the Oilers, you know, as they wind it down here, I know we had the caller about Slepeshev earlier uh, on the show here. The the wingers are going to be a big question. You got McDavid, you got Dreisaitl, you got Nugent Hopkins up front. You should be able to build around those three guys. Ryan Strom has sort of settled into a third-line center role. He's done pretty good there. He's taken some pride in his penalty kill. I think we're going to need more finish from him. Maybe that'll come. I think they want him to shoot the puck a little more and work on that over the summer. He mentioned that uh, in an interview with Jack earlier today. I don't know where Milan Lucic is going to fit in. Uh, you know, Bob mentioned during the broadcast that he's probably just waiting for this season to end. And I know that doesn't sound very sexy or desirable as an Oilers fan, but at this point with Lucic who at least made an impact tonight with some physicality and a fight and and getting involved and agitating a little bit, you can sort of understand that mentality. I mean, I know, I know from uh, talking to Jason Strudwick over the years, and he played on a couple of bad Oilers teams, that when guys get to this point in the season, they're counting how many periods are left. Okay, I usually play seven shifts a period, so I got 21 shifts. You know, I think some guys get into that mentality. I don't know if Lucic is exactly into that, but he's probably waiting for the season to end. And the reset button is going to be one he's going to be slamming all summer long. Hopefully he can be a second or third line winger. Uh, Kajula hopefully can be a third or fourth line winger. Same deal with Aberg. 
Puliyarvi and Yamamoto. Hopefully both can be in the top nine. And then I wonder if there I wonder if there's a spot for Tyratti. I, I I wonder if he gets the contract. Probably still relatively cheap. Maybe it's even one that sees him in the minors for part of the season. But we had Nicole call in earlier and compliment his work ethic and his positioning, and we have seen that from Raddy throughout the season. The Oilers are going to have to try to find some sort of cheap wingers with some speed and with a little bit more finish than what they'd be able to get this year. Maybe somebody who can shoot on the power play. They continue to look for that. I mean, that's been an issue for several years with this team. I, I mean, I think... I, I, I know Rob and I did shows in past years where the team was really, really bad, worse than this year. I mean, where 34 wins would have seemed like a dream. And in all one year, Rob said they need 10 to 14 new players to be competitive. I don't think they need 10 to 14 new players, but I think they need two or three forwards in the right slots or that'll help current guys be slotted in correctly. And then on defense, I think you hope Clefbaum and Secker bounce back and maybe they try to add one guy. Going out and getting a power play guy for the blue line, much easier said than done. And I would not sacrifice Nugent Hopkins for that. Absolutely no way would I do that. You can let me know what you think, 780-496-0063. No Japanese Village goal light tonight. We turn that on on the Oilers page on 630ched.com whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. All right, we got Milan Lucic and Zach Cassian standing by. We're going to have Jamie on the phone line. Flames edge the Oilers 3-2. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. And now you've got Smith and Lucic, and Lucic just threw a big left hand that landed cleanly on Mike Smith, who then threw his blocker at him, and we've got total mayhem in front of the Calgary net. Lucic still wants to get after Mike Smith. Brower tries to tie him up. Well, Milan Lucic has had trouble beating a goalie, so he tried beating a goalie. Getting involved with Mike Smith, an active third period for Lucic, a pretty active third period for the Oilers, but once again can't cash in and they lose 3-2 to the Calgary Flames. Smith, another great game for the Flames, uh, well, against Edmonton. He hadn't had, a, hadn't had a great game since he beat Edmonton two and a half weeks ago. 3-2, Calgary takes it. We'll hear from Milan Lucic in a few minutes. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's 11.45. Thanks for staying up tonight. Hope you're having a great Easter weekend. And we have Jamie on line one. Good evening, Jamie. Hey, Reed. How's it going? Doing quite well. Right on. Um, I just uh, I want to ask your opinion and and just throw it out there. Like, what what are they going to do about the goals against for next year? Because, like, you know, seeing the defensive core, most of them are are signed to deals, and and uh, you know, you, you can kind of see most of them kind of have to keep playing here next year. Yep. And our goaltending situation is pretty well the same and I'm just kind of wondering like like you know and the one thing I'll say is you know some people are like well we didn't have you know Sakura or something yep but if you really look at it it really wasn't a bad year for injuries I think last year was the exception to the rule as far as everyone being healthy and I think this year was closer to an average injury year and I, I mean you have to expect one of your top four defensemen will, might be injured for, for a part you know, for 
for par- uh, partial of the season, but you know, what can they do to improve their goals against? Do you think moving forward this summer? Well, that's a good question. I, I think a couple things they'll hope for, Jamie. I, I think they'll hope Talbot has a better season, and he and he has been better since the beginning of February. Though obviously he didn't have a good game tonight. I think they will hope Clefbaum and Sekra uh, bounce back, but I totally understand your point that you. You usually assume somebody's injured on your team, right? It's very rarely all 20 guys are, are healthy. Yeah. Uh, I, I think with the goals against, I also think they're going to hope that the penalty kill is more what it's been over the last 22 games as opposed to what it was over the previous 58 or whatever we're at, um, especially on home ice. Like, they've actually put the penalty to kill together over the last quarter of the season. So those are all things that could knock down the goals against. Now, the one thing they haven't done well from the back end is transition the puck up to the forwards. They do not break the puck out as well as they did last year. So I don't know if they're going to go look for a guy. Uh, I mean, I know there's talk about Justin Falk, Oliver ekman Larson. I, I mean, I think you're dreaming if, about Eric Carlson, for example. Right. But... Maybe there's something out there. And as much as Shirelli has been criticized, he has made a lot of trades we didn't expect at the time, whether it was Maroon or Camilleri, maybe not major trades. Maybe there's a puck-moving guy out there with a subtle game that can come in and help the lineup that isn't going to cost somebody really big. That might be a tweak they do on the back end. Because remember last year when they started 9-3-2? and two? And I remember this day because uh, Peter Shirelli did, a, did an availability about um, uh, they were going to do a night to honor the uh, Edmonton Police Service anniversary. And Shirley right. did an interview, asked her, and I said, I want to ask you one question about the team. Like, how come you're 9-3-2? and two? What, are you, what are you doing better? And he said, we transition the puck out of our own end better than before. And I think that's a big part of it. I mean, how many times have we seen D-to-D passes go awry? We're passing it back, wrapping it around the net, fumbling it, and they're not getting it up to the forwards. So I think they need a couple guys healthier to do that better, and maybe they'll try to add a guy who can handle the puck and pass better out of his own end. That's fair. Okay, thanks, Jamie. You bet. All right, I'm going to get to Kurt in a minute here, but I've been teasing the Milan-Lucic interview who uh, had a fight, had a near fight with the goalie tonight. Here's Lucic. So-and-so, not much to say about it other than that. Did you like the response of the team after that sequence? For sure. I, You know, I, I... I think the second and third period, I think we played the way that we wanted to play again. Um, third, we kind of after that, we, we we started to pour it on and we created some really good chances. And six on five, you win six draws in a row and unfortunately not able to find the back of the net. Uh, Smitty made some big saves for them in the third. And um, I think a lot of the fans enjoyed the last 10 minutes there, the old Battle of Alberta. So... Just uh, one of those games, again, you know, one period, period cost us the game, so um, three games left here for us, so we need to build off what we did on the in the second and third. You mentioned it. I mean, obviously you play this game to win, but you gave the fans a show tonight. Is it cool to see these two teams play emotional like that, knowing how tight this rivalry has been in the past? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, there, there's always been that... Uh, Rivalry and, and and bad blood between the two teams. It's just it's just the nature of the sport. It's just the nature of of playing in Alberta, right? So, uh, you know, hopefully there's some 
well, not the fighting aspect, but hopefully there's some work, there's some carryover in the emotional aspect into next year. And I know the fans, that's why they, they come watch these games and are excited for it. You had a maybe stretch, though, where you, you had a couple of big hits before even the fight. I mean, that was a pretty good shift for you. Yeah, it's just, just trying to get on the forecheck. Uh, you know, especially with how good uh, Smith plays the puck. So, unfortunately, not able to produce anything once again for our line. So, um, you know, you just because... I think you had to do that, though, because you weren't scoring. I just, I guess... Uh, yeah, you know, maybe that had a little bit to do with it. Uh, just the frustration of the year and everything. So, uh, no matter who it is, you don't, you never, like... When a guy uh, comes at you, 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 you want to respond. So uh, I'm sure it's water under the bridge for now until until we play him again next year. Glass decided. Good on him. Yeah. I mean, good on him sticking up for his goaltender. Uh, you know, it's better than that incident that I had with Buffalo where it lingered for a week or two, you know, uh, and they were talking about how the Sabres didn't respond. So... You know, good on him to respond and and uh, stand up for his goaltender. So, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta respect uh, players like him and guys like that. Milan Lucic mixing it up with Mike Smith, getting in a fight with Tanner Glass, uh, unable to hit the score sheet again tonight. Though uh, you did notice him, he certainly has had his ice cut time cut the last uh, eight to ten games here, playing more like a, a third liner, ten and a half minutes tonight. Was credited with four hits. And uh, obviously nine penalty minutes, but the Oilers lose 3-2 to the Calgary Flames. And he did say at one period cost them the game. A bad first period f- uh, from the Oilers. I mean, they, they've talked about uh, coming out after tough games and trying to get it going in the first period. So Vancouver, you know, kind of a intermittent effort in that game and uh, didn't look fired up tonight in the first against the Flames. So, you know, better in the second and the third, but by then... Uh, you're desperate, and if you can't break through against the hot goalie, you'll wind up losing, and they did again. Four losses in a row for the Oilers. We have Kurt at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hey, Kurt. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. I got a question, a couple questions, but specifically about Lucic. Sure. Do you see them maybe shipping them off in the off season? No, because they they can't. No, like he has a no mood or for no mood. He has a no move clause, so he can't be traded. He'd have to waive that. I don't see why he would. And let me ask you this, Kurt. If if you were the GM of another team and you got offered Milan Lucic with five years remaining at $6 million per year, like what would you trade for him? Like a seventh-round pick? Yeah, of course. But what if uh, you retained half his salary? Uh, okay, so then you're retaining $3 million per year as a, as a cap hit. We're talking a lot of what-ifs, though, because I don't think he's going to trade it. I mean, you'd have to take another... You'd have to take another expensive player back, I think, who's also coming off a bad season. So you'd be probably trading a, que- a frustrated question mark for a frustrated question mark. That That's what I think. Okay. Um, another one is, uh, do you see Cassian being in the lineup next year? Oh, that's a good question, Kurt. I, I would say probably. Okay. But, I mean, I, I assume you've been underwhelmed with his season, because I've been. Well, in my opinion... I, I really like Zach. I think he's a player you need in the lineup for the regular season, especially in the playoffs. Yep. So that's I'm just I wouldn't say I'm concerned, but I'm curious to see if he's had 
an off year, but I, I definitely would like to see him back, and I hope he's back. Yeah. Um, but he's signed. He's, he's, he's signed. No, you're right. I mean, and he's signed for two more years. He doesn't obviously have any no trade protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, somebody said to me the other day, like the Oilers had a good team last year, and and they started the season well, right? So there was never any were kind of hanging around 500 or were below 500, right? Like they they had a good record throughout the year, pretty much. Yeah. And somebody said to me, it's easier for Zach, a guy like Zach Cassian to play his role on a good team mm-hmm. because there's almost nothing to lose. If he go out, if he goes out there and provides energy and mixes it up, it adds to what is already happening. If he has a quiet night, then there's other guys who are scoring the goals and creating energy. But when you're a bad team, he's not quite good enough to maybe generate enough on his own. Does that make sense? Yeah, in my opinion, though, do you do you not think that the Oilers are they're not specifically playing that type of hockey anymore, so to speak? Last season, when they would go out there first period, they'd make some big hits, they'd really rile the crowd up. Well, but now it, it seems like the coaching staff doesn't really want them to play that physical type of of hockey through 60 minutes, and that really takes away from Cassian and Lucic ever making any impact in in most of the games throughout the season have you seen as you've seen well i think the coaching staff still wants them to check but i i I do think you make a good point that they have not initiated enough in games this season and and i I think that stems all the way back to the beginning of the year where maybe they believed their own hype a little bit and they and they didn't put in the work and the energy that they needed to that's a that's a that's a fair comment for sure perfect kurt have a good easter okay yeah, you as well. Thank you. All right. And our face-off trivia winner was Rocket, who knew that Tommy Sallow is the Oilers' career leader in shutouts. He gets a $50 gift card to Bubbles, brought to you by Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. All right. Battle of Alberta goes to Calgary tonight. 3-2 is the final. Mike Smith, excellent in net. Slepeshev and Camilleri for the Oilers. Hamilton, Hathaway, and Backland striking for the Flames. Three games left for the Oilers. Their final road game of the season will be Monday at Minnesota. 4.30 face-off show, 6 o'clock puck drop here on 6.30, Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Rob Brown will return on Monday. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer this evening. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.